Hi, I'm Alex, and you're listening to the Youth Employment Services Manitoba Job Pod. This week on the Job Pod, I talked to Bashir Ahmad from Safe Workers of Tomorrow about your rights to be safe in your workplace. So to start off with, would you like to introduce yourself? For sure. So good morning. My name is Bashir, Bashir Ahmad. I'm the community liaison at Safe Workers of Tomorrow. Safe Workers of Tomorrow is a nonprofit. We have been around for quite some time, since 1997 to be exact. And I've been with the organization for about eight years now. So I started off as an occupational safety presenter, but recently I became the community liaison. And so what we do, we used to travel all over the province and talk to young and vulnerable workers about their rights, about workplace hazards, and about the WCB and what to do if they get injured on the job. We also do employment standards. So our mandate is the entire province of Manitoba. We also talk to quite a few newcomers as well. A little bit of uh, personal information about myself. I came to Canada in 2008 as an international student from Afghanistan. So I studied here for four years at the University of Manitoba. And after that, I did a couple different jobs. But then finally in 2014, I started working at Safe Workers of Manitoba. Can you tell me a little bit about your current job as the community liaison? For sure. So as I mentioned, our mandate is to reach all high school students across the province. So every year we have about 60,000 or 65,000 high school students in Manitoba. And before the pandemic, we reached anywhere between 70 to 75% of them. During the pandemic, that number has dropped. But our overall objective is to reach 100% of high school students across the province. So as the community liaison, my job is to make sure that every year we go back to the schools that we talk to, but also we present to schools that we do not normally talk to. So my job is to realize that objective to work towards covering 100% of high school students across the province. Now, our key objective is to talk to grade nine students because that's when students either have their first job or they are thinking of getting their first job. So we do want to talk to grade nine students and tell them about their four health and safety rights that are designed to keep them safe at work and also tell them about some ways they could potentially get injured on the job and what they should do to make sure that they do not get injured on the job. We also always ask what your first job was and what skills from that you use in your current work. Back home, I had a few jobs. Back home, like the main job that I had while I was a student, I worked with Catholic Relief Services or CRS, which is a nonprofit, an international nonprofit. It had an office in Herat, which is the city where I come from. So I worked there in an administrative job between 2005 and 2008 until I came here. And then when I came here, I was a student. And after graduating, I did a bunch of, how should I say? So I did a bunch of different jobs. The biggest one of which was a labor job, which had nothing really to do with the job that I'm doing now. So I work at a galvanizing company. And that was because I applied for office jobs here, but nobody seemed to care about my experience back home. So I essentially has, had to start from scratch. 
And because I needed to get a job, so I had a friend who said, I work in this galvanizing company. Do you want to work there? And I said, I do not know what's galvanizing, but I need a job. So yeah, I'll, I'll get it. So I submitted their resume and they called me the next day and they said, you can start working Monday. And I was very happy. So I went there and I worked there for, for eight months. And then I moved to BC and did another job there and then came back and I got this. Job. Well, I, I started working with Safe Workers of Tomorrow. Did your work at the galvanizing place teach you some workplace safety stuff? I always use that as a story when I talk, well, like when I do these presentations to these young kids, I do give them these numbers. I tell them, hey, every year about 30,000 people report workplace injuries and their claims are accepted. That is just in our province. And that's a huge number, 30,000 people getting injured on the job. In fact, the number of people who get injured on the job is a lot higher. Now, you may think these are other people, these are losers, these are people who are not as smart. This is not going to happen to me, but that is not the case. So these things happen to people who are like you and I. They are smart people. They are from our families and communities, but then maybe they're not careful enough. So things happen to them. And I had this experience. So working in that job, first day on the job, it was a completely new environment for me. And it was also an environment where there were a lot of risks to, to one's health and safety. And I did not receive any kind of training. So uh, my supervisor, they won on the job. I found my supervisor and I said, hey, I'm here to start working. You have hired me. So what should I do? And he gave me a bunch of things. He gave me hot gloves. He gave me goggles. He gave me a respirator. And he just told me, take these and go there and see what they have for you to do. And he did not give me any kind of training. And I did not ask any questions. So uh, I had never, for example, used the respirator. I didn't really know how to use it properly, but I didn't ask any questions because I was thinking two weeks later, I'll get a paycheck. So uh, safety was not really a priority. It wasn't on my mind. And so I started doing whatever I could do in this very busy workplace. Uh, I got burns here and there. But after some time, I, I kind of learned on my own how to do my job. And that is something that should not happen. So as a worker, you have these rights, one of which is the right to know, which is the right to training. So by law, your bosses have to give you some training. They have to tell you how to do your job safely. And part of that right is for you to be able to ask questions. And I didn't know my rights at the time. So I was just thrown into the job. I did not ask any questions. I did not ask for training. And as a result, I was at a higher risk of getting injured on that job. Now, I was lucky that I didn't sustain any major injuries, nothing really to worry about, but that was just me being lucky. Things could have turned out different. So that's the lesson that I learned from that job. And I'll usually use that in my presentations. For sure. Yeah. What do you think are some of the things that youth in Manitoba need to know about their rights as workers and their rights to be safe in their workplace? As I mentioned in the overall picture, when I talk to young people, one thing that we, we all know is that sometimes they may think, oh, I'm invincible, or they do not think that these injuries can happen to them. When they think about jobs, they think about, I want to be productive, I want to make money, I want to buy all the good things I want to buy, which is great. That's awesome. That's why we work. But then what they forget is that I could also get injured. And that could impact the quality of my life, regardless of how much money I make. 
that could make me suffer for a long time or maybe for my entire life. That, they do not think about it. When I talk to them, I, I relate to them in this way. I tell them these stories. And I say that, unfortunately, you guys and girls are actually four times more likely to get injured on the job when you're new. That does not mean you have to get injured. There are things that are designed to keep you safe. And key among them are those four health and safety rights that you have. So you have the right to training, which means you have the right to know it. The name of that first one is the right to know. So it is essentially the right to training. By law, whenever you get a job, your boss has to give you some training. So they have to give you a tour of the place. They have to tell you what it is that you're supposed to do. They have to tell you how you should do that in a safe way. What are the ways you could get injured? What are the risks and hazards in that job? And how you could work safely around those risks. And part of that, right, is for you to ask questions. Now, in the past, there was not a lot of training. So a lot of times it happened that people were just thrown into the job. But luckily, what I see is that I see a shift. So a lot of bosses are taking this more seriously. They do provide training for their workers, especially young workers, which is great. But at the same time, however good that training may be, uh, it will not be perfect. So there will be times when you're not sure about things, something new comes up. Maybe, for example, two weeks down the road, they give you a, a new chemical and say, we want you to use this for cleaning. And they have not trained you about how to use that safely. So then part of your right to know is to ask questions and tell them, is there anything I need to know about this? Is there any kind of risk associated with me using this? And they will be happy to tell you about it. That is your right to know. And then you have the right to participate, which is your second right, health and safety right. Under that right, you have the right and responsibility to be part of safety at your work. So your boss may be sitting in their office and they may be managing their business and it'll be you usually who is on the floor doing the job. So if you see something that is not safe, then you have the right to speak about that, to speak up to talk to someone about it. You shouldn't just say, oh, it's okay, or maybe it's not my job. Uh, I, I don't care about that and things like that. No, that workplace, it is your workplace. So if you see something that is not safe, talk to either your boss or you may say, well, I'm, uh, I'm too shy to talk to my boss. I'm too young, I'm too new, which is understood. So under that right, there are structures at work that make it easier for you to communicate these things. So if you end up working in a bigger workplace, there will be a health and safety committee. So let's say you get a job in Walmart, any place where there is more than 20 people working, by law, there must be a health and safety committee there. That's a group of people from the workplace who meet on a regular basis, and they discuss about safety at that workplace. Now, at least half the members on that committee will be your coworkers. So if there are five members, three of them are your coworkers. You, as the worker, have the right to be on that committee. But if you don't want to be, at least know which one of your coworkers are there. If you work in a smaller workplace where there's less than 20 people working, 5 to 19 people working there, one of your coworkers will be a health and safety representative. And you should know who they are. So if a situation comes up where things are not safe, so you know that either myself or somebody else can get injured here, and you're too shy to talk to your boss, that's okay. Talk to your coworker who is on the health and safety committee or talk to your coworker who is the health and safety representative. And then they will bring it to the management. 
and the management is responsible for keeping the workplace safe. So they'll make changes, make sure things are improved and nobody gets injured. So that is your second right, the right to participate. Now, being on the health and safety committee or being the health and safety representative actually is a very good thing because that'll make your resume very strong. Also, you may be sent or training on paid time. So there are some good things associated with that if you want to be on that committee. But if you don't want to be, at least know which one of your coworkers are members of that committee or which one of your coworkers is the health and safety representative. These rights are for all workers. But when I talk to new workers and young workers, I tell them that these are specifically very important for you because you are at a higher risk. These rights are designed to make sure that you will not be the higher risk. That's your second right. The third one, which is one of the most important for young people, is the right to refuse unsafe work. Your bosses, they don't want you to get injured because they are humans. They don't want to see you suffer. Also, if you get injured, they'll be in serious trouble. And there is also a financial aspect to that. When I talk to WCB, I'll tell you more about if you get injured on the job, then it'll cost your boss. Your bosses, they don't want you to get injured, but sometimes they may ask you to do something that they do not know is unsafe for you, but you know it is unsafe for you. Maybe you have an allergy. Maybe you have a phobia. Maybe you have some other condition that makes that task unsafe for you. Your boss, they may be sitting in your office. They may not really think about this that much. So they tell you, please do this task for me. And you know that this is unsafe for you. As a concrete example, there was one kid in grade 11. Uh, so I was doing this presentation and he said that I work at a store and my job is to stock the shelves and I'm scared of working at heights. So one day my boss gave me a tall ladder and said, can you please clean the store sign? My boss didn't know that I'm scared of working at heights. I had not communicated that fact with him, but I knew that. So when he gave me that ladder and said, please clean the store sign, I went to him and said, actually, I'm scared of heights. So if I climb this ladder, I may faint or I may fall down and I'll hurt myself or somebody else. So there was that risk there. And my boss said, oh, okay, thanks for telling me. I didn't know that. So now that you told me, I'll ask somebody else. So right to refuse unsafe work. If you think that something that you have been asked to do is unsafe for you or somebody else at that workplace, what you do, you go back to your supervisor. You will be very polite. You will explain to them why you think that is unsafe. And again, if you are too shy or too scared to talk to your supervisor or your boss, involve your health and safety representative or committee member. So remember, those are your coworkers. So go talk with them and tell them, I feel unsafe, but I want your help because I'm too shy to talk to my boss. So you will communicate. You do not go ahead and do that because that's going to put you at risk. And that will create a serious problem. And your health and safety is more important than anything else there at that workplace. Workers' health and safety is much more important than anything else. You talk about it, and usually you can resolve that. Now, how do you decide if something they have asked you to do is unsafe? You ask yourself a couple of questions. You ask, do I have the right training for this thing they have asked me to do? If not, that is not safe for you. You ask, do I have the right equipment to do this task? If not, that is unsafe for you. But even if you have the right equipment and the right training, but you still have a gut feeling that this is going to put me at risk, still have a conversation with your supervisor and tell them how you feel, what you feel about it, and talk about why you feel like that. So do not go ahead and do that if you feel that this is going to put you at risk. Now, 
Usually bosses understand this. As long so you are polite, you explain to them why you feel unsafe, and then you work with them so that the work is done maybe by somebody else in a way that nobody is injured. Or maybe they provide more training for you, more equipment for you, and then you feel safe, you go ahead and do that. Usually bosses understand this, but there can be those uh, rare cases where you tell your boss, I feel unsafe, I cannot do this. And then they get mad and say, hey, you're not doing what I'm telling you, you're fired. Now in that case, that brings us to the fourth right, which is the right to protection. So if you ever use any of these rights, so your right to know, your right to participate, your right to refuse unsafe work, you should not be punished or fired by your boss or supervisor. If that happens, they are in fact in breach of the law because these rights come out of a legal provincial document. So Manitoba Workplace Safety and Health Act. So they are given to all workers by law and your bosses are not allowed to punish or fire you because you use them. But if they do, what you do, you again try to resolve it at work. So again, you go back to your second right, talk to your health and safety representative or your health and safety committee member. But if the three of you cannot resolve this and you are fired for this, then what do you do? You're not alone. You're not without support. There is an organization out there whose job is to enforce these rules to make sure that your rights are not violated. So their name is Manitoba Workplace Safety and Health. And essentially, they're in a way like the police force of workplaces. So if I get fired because I was asking safety questions or because I used my right to refuse unsafe work, I give them a call and I say, this is what happened. So I used my right to refuse unsafe work and I was fired. And I do that right away. So I don't wait. I'll do that right away. Now, they have investigators. So they send their investigators to you. They investigate the situation and they have a lot of authority. They can give you your job back, but if you don't want to go back because you just got fired from there, they can help you find a similar job with similar wages. So they can also find the boss. They can even shut down the entire business if the workplace is unsafe. So a lot of authority. Also, I could call them and say, I don't want to tell you my name, but this unsafe thing is happening in this workplace. Manitoba Workplace Safety and Health, they always do random inspections. They just walk into workplaces, look at things, check things. So if they walk into my workplace and look at things and see that something is not safe, they'll have a conversation with the employer and nobody will know if they have been tipped off or not. Now, that is the very last thing that you do. Usually, you can resolve things at work. So it, it all boils down to communication, to talking with your supervisor or with your health and safety representative or committee member. So that second right, there being a health and safety representative or health and safety committee at the workplace, that is very crucial. So you should know who they are because part of your responsibility is to deal with such situations. So if things like that happen, talk to them, explain your reasons, and you most often can resolve things at work so that there's no need to call manage workplace safety and health. But if nothing works at your workplace, then you can talk. And if you have questions, also you can call them and ask your question. Thank you for all of that information. You had mentioned earlier on that young people sometimes think that they're sort of invincible on the job, that a workplace injury isn't going to happen to them. Do you find that there are a lot of other misconceptions that young people have about their rights or the sort of like relative risks of certain jobs? Yes. So I talked to a lot of grade nine, grade 10, grade 11 and 12 students. And so especially the more senior ones, they have had some work experience. And then I asked them, hey, 
have you had any injuries? And quite a few of them say, yes, I have had injuries, but they were minor ones. So for example, I worked at this kitchen where I got burned here and there all the time, or I work on a bee farm and I get stung all the time, and this is part of the job. So another misconception is that they think uh, minor injuries don't matter, they are part of the job. They are not part of the job. So you do not go to work to get injured. You go to work to do a certain number of tasks and then get paid for it and come back home in one piece happily without any injuries so that you can enjoy your money. That's what you do for your job. So getting injured on a job on a regular basis, that's another misconception. The justification that I hear from young people is that this is not a big deal. This is just minor injuries. But if it is happening all the time, you do need to have a conversation with your supervisor and tell them, I get cuts every day or maybe every week. This is happening on a regular basis. Maybe we should do something about it. Maybe our training is not enough. Maybe our equipment is not the right ones. So there is a way always to minimize those and maybe just completely eliminate all those injuries. That's another misconception that I see. That's one of the major ones. And I'm thinking what other ones? I think that's about it. So they sometimes think that uh, these things are not happening to me. Sometimes they think minor injuries, they are just part of the job. Those are the two biggest misconceptions that I see when I talk to young people. Do you ever have young people who maybe believe that their workplace is not unsafe or that it doesn't have safety risks associated with it, who are then maybe surprised to learn that actually a lot of injuries happen in retail spaces, for example? Yeah, no, that's a very good point. Yes. One of the questions that we ask these young people is, can you name a workplace or can you name a job where there is no risk of getting injured? And then we have guesses. So sometimes the students say, maybe if you have work in a shop, nothing's going to happen to you. Or if you work in an office with nice people, nice chairs, nice everything, nothing's going to happen to you. But then we go into this discussion that actually there is no workplace, there is no job where there's no risk of getting injured on that job. If you work as a cashier, you're standing a lot. And if you do not have comfortable shoes, if you do not sit during your breaks and you do that for months and years, that's going to put a lot of pressure on your knee, on your back. Also, it could happen if you're in retail, it could be that you're dealing with a lot of people. Some of them may not be very polite, So you could be subjected to harassment or bullying behavior or rude behavior, and that'll put pressure on your mind. So we have five different categories of hazards, one of which is psychosocial hazards. So conflict at work, violence, discrimination, things like that. They could happen at any job. So it doesn't matter what's your job, they could happen. Also, another category of hazards, which is very big, which a lot of times we tend to ignore, is musculoskeletal injuries, so ergonomic situations. Usually when we think about injuries, we think about cuts, burns, and things that happen all of a sudden. But in many jobs, so let's say I have an office job or I work with computers, so I'm sitting, what's going to happen to me? I'm quite safe. Well, yes, I'm safe, but then if I'm not sitting in a proper way, so if my body posture is not right, then and I'm doing this every day and I'm doing that for many weeks and many months, then I could develop back pain, neck pain, all sorts of pains, which we call musculoskeletal injuries, and they are very common. So something as like as high as 60% of all injuries can be categorized 
as musculoskeletal injuries. So yes, that's another misconception by young people. So they think, oh, my job, it's quite safe. Nothing's going to happen to me. But in fact, and this is an unfortunate fact that regardless of what's your job, injuries can happen. But the fortunate part, the good part is those injuries can be prevented. As long as you know what those potential injuries are, and as long as you know what is the safe way of doing my job, what kind of safety gear do I need, what training do I need, and you follow that, then you will be safe. However, you have to recognize that at first, that this problem exists, and then you can work safely around it. I know that sometimes being safe at work can involve a lot of equipment and that sometimes bosses don't necessarily pay for that equipment. Can you tell me a little bit about to what extent there is a responsibility for employers to provide that kind of equipment and how much employees usually have to purchase for themselves? For sure. So that's a very good question. Personal protective equipment or PPE for short, almost all of them have to be provided for workers by their bosses. There are two exceptions. Hard hats, and safety boots, bosses do not have to pay for those. Anything else safety related has to be provided for you or paid for by your employer. Now, why not hard hats and safety boots? I, I don't really know exactly why, but probably because you can use those in different jobs. So you have to buy your own. Now, bosses are welcome to pay for those as well. And I know workplaces where they pay either for your safety boots and hard hat, or they say, you buy the first pair of safety boots, we will pay for the next one and so on. However, they do not have to pay for hard hat and safety boots. Anything else that you need for your safety has to be provided for you by your boss. And it's not just enough that they give you those things. They have to tell you how to use them. It's very important to be told, to learn how to use your safety gear properly. Now, things as simple as hard hats, for example, they have expiry dates. You cannot use your hard hat forever. We have different kinds of gloves, so you cannot use the same gloves for every situation. We have different kinds of safety glasses. We have different kinds of respirators. If you are using a respirator, it should be fitted on your face because the same respirator does not fit everybody. And we have different kinds of filters on those respirators that are used for different situations, for different uh, kinds of materials. So you should be told about all those things, not just provided the PP, but you should also be trained on how to use them when you should get new ones. And if you're just provided with the PP, but not training, ask. So tell them, thank you for giving me this, but what should I know about it? How often should I get new ones? And your bosses will be happy to tell you about that. I think that those are my main questions for you. Do you have anything else that you would like to share with our clients or anything else that you would like to say on the podcast? For sure. Thank you very much. Yeah. The last thing I want to tell you a bit about is Workers' Compensation Board. So the WCB, our office, most of our funding comes from Safeburg, Manitoba, which is the educational branch of Workers' Compensation Board. That's not really the reason I talk about Workers' Comp. The biggest reason why I talk about it is because this is the organization to talk to if somebody gets injured on the job. So the WCB Workers' Comp or Workers' Compensation Board, this is the organization that we deal with if we get injured on the job. So let's say I work in a warehouse and at some point, well, I do not know the proper way for lifting, so I hurt my back and I have to stay home for some time, maybe a couple of days, maybe a couple of weeks or longer. Now, my work does not pay me. If I get injured on the job and I cannot continue working, my work does not have to pay me. 
but still I need money. Now, who can provide that payment for me while I'm recovering? That's WCB. So Workers' Compensation Board can pay up to 90% of your wages while you're recovering from your injury. Usually they do provide 90%. And also they cover 100% of any medical cost that is associated with your recovery from that injury. And that could be just $10, that could be a lot more, and they will cover 100% of that. So this is an important organization to know about. And I suggest that young people should Google their name, find their website, have a look at what they do. Now, the key thing is WCB, it only deals with injuries that happen on the job or because of your job. If you get sick or injured outside of work while you were playing hockey or doing something else on your own time, that is not WCB. They only deal with with injuries or sicknesses that happen because of your job. And back to my example, so I have that back pain and uh, I have to stay home and I need them to pay me 90% of my wages. So I tell them, hey, yeah, send me those paychecks. They say fine, but you were sitting in our office. We don't know if you really got injured because of your work or not. Can you prove that your injury is because of your work? How do I do that? Well, the key thing I do is if I have a workplace injury, I fill out the form. So there are notices of injury at every workplace. So I fill out that form. I write the time, the date, what happened, and then I sign it. If there was a witness who saw me get injured, I get their signature. I get my supervisor's signature. And that is my most important proof that my injury has happened on the job. Now, I keep a copy of that. I give a copy to my boss. And then I can send a copy to the WCB as well. How soon do I report that? As soon as possible. Because if I wait and come back after a couple of weeks or a couple of days and report it, well, the WCB could say maybe it happened when you were home. So it's important that I report it as soon as I can. Do I report all injuries or just the big ones? And the answer is I report all injuries. Even if I do not have to miss work, even if I do not have to see a doctor, I got a cut or burn or some other injury that I think is minor. Then I think about it. Is there any chance that this could become worse in the future? If there is any chance that this could get infected or become worse, I just fill out a form and I don't have to talk to WCB. I just document that. I get the signature, keep a copy. And then if it heals, I'm fine. But if it becomes worse in the future, I can prove that this has happened because of my job. Now, WCB is like an insurance company set up by the government. Every year, they pay out wages and also medical costs to thousands of workers who get injured on the job in this province. That's millions of dollars every year. Where do they get that money from? As I mentioned, this is an insurance system and somebody has to pay into it. And that somebody is our employers. So if somebody starts a business, they have to buy insurance from the WCB. And then if a worker gets injured on the job, then the WCB steps in and provides coverage for that worker. On the other hand, we workers, if we get injured on the job, we cannot sue our bosses if our workplace has WCB coverage. So we give up our right to sue our bosses. So we receive easier compensation if we get injured on the job or if we get sick on the job. Now, it's, it's almost like MPI. If you buy a car, you have to buy insurance from MPI. And if you are a good driver, you do not get into accidents, you pay the absolute minimum. But every time you get into accidents, your insurance goes up. Same thing with businesses. Somebody owns a business, they have to buy insurance from the WCB. And if they keep the workplace very safe, 
nobody's getting injured, they pay the absolute minimum to the WCB. So they are saving money. But if somebody gets injured on the job, then their insurance goes up. Every time there are injuries, their insurance goes up. That brings us back to the rights because I told you that your bosses, they do not want you to get injured. Well, first, they are humans. They don't want you to suffer, but also they will be saving money. If you feel that I'm too shy to talk to my boss about safety, do not be. Because if you talk to your boss about your safety, if you ask questions, if you use your right to refuse unsafe work, you're actually helping your boss save money. So you're doing a good thing for yourself, first of all, but also for them. Because if you do not get injured, they will pay a lot less to the WCB. So that's a good way to tie all this together. Now, there is a negative side to the whole thing as well, because it could happen that you have an injury on the job, but your boss tries to bribe you and say, do not talk to the WCB, because if you talk to them, my insurance goes up. So maybe I'll give you a couple of days off. I'll pay you. Maybe I give you an extra $200. Just come back to work after you rest and you're fine. Now, this is called claim suppression, and this is illegal. So bosses are not allowed to do that. If they do that, they are breaking the law. And if they are found out, they'll be in trouble. But it can happen. Now, what I say to young workers especially is that if that happens to you, if your boss tries to dissuade you from talking to the WCB, very politely, do not accept that. Because if your injury continues into the future, your employer is not going to continue supporting you for as long as you need. Maybe they support you for a couple of days or weeks, but they are not going to support you for maybe if your injury continues for a month and years, your boss is not going to continue supporting. But the WCB, you have a good chance that they may continue supporting you. So whenever there is an injury, make sure that you fill out a form. If you need to take time off or if you need to receive medical attention, talk to the WCB. That system is there. So make sure you know about it and you learn how it works. Now, the best thing in the world is that you do not get injured. So you do not have to deal with any of this thing. So the best thing is that you know your four rights. You have the right to know. You have the right to ask questions under that. You have the right to be part of safety at your work. You have the right to refuse unsafe work. And you have the right to protection. So know these rights. Take them seriously, know that things can happen to you, but also know that there is always a safe way of doing things. And follow the safety rules, ask questions, communicate that work, and you will be safe. So you can just continue doing your job, enjoy your money, and you don't have to deal with any of this. That's the best thing to do. That's all really very helpful for us to know and for our clients to know. Yeah, thank you so much for being a guest on our show today. You are very welcome. It's a pleasure to be here. And thank you very much. Now, if any of your clients have questions in the future, Safe Work is of tomorrow. We will always be very happy to talk to them and answer any questions when we can. But if you cannot answer, then we will direct them to the right resources that can answer their questions. Great. Thank you. Have a great day. You too. Bye. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Youth Employment Services Manitoba Job Pod. This episode was recorded and produced by me, Alex Neufeld. Our theme music is by Nathan Crow. If you are between the ages of 16 and 29 in Manitoba and are looking for employment assistance, you can contact Youth Employment Services Manitoba for free employment services. You can register with us at esmb.ca. You can phone us at 204-987-8661 or email reception at esmb.ca. 
Thank you for listening and stay safe out there.